Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Mompreneurs, where we celebrate and learn from fabulous black women out here killing it as moms in chief, running both their households and their businesses. I'm your host, Nancy Red, and I come from a lovely lineage of black mompreneurs in Southern Virginia. And I am so thrilled to present this intimate interview series that highlights inspiring and educational stories about how women are creating incredible opportunities and generational wealth for their families. But money isn't all this series about. This series is about balancing motherhood, mental health, and happiness, which is important too. From book empires to bonnet-wearing dolls to building franchises, these powerhouses are redefining what it means to be a working mama, while inspiring a new generation of mothers to do it for themselves. Kimberly Hilton is a mega mompreneur in a bunch of ways. She's not only a hairstylist to the stars, but she also owns how many hair salons do you Two. own? Two. Two. <laughs> not just here in Atlanta, but one in Brooklyn, yes. right? Your first Our one. flagship, yes. <laughs> and she's doing all of this while owning a thriving Airbnb business and making sure her husband and kids are happy, which is a whole other job in itself. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Nancy. It's a pleasure. Do you think of yourself as a mompreneur? Um, yeah, I think that's something that I have included in my identity. You can't get away from it because you're constantly thinking about all of these things. I call it spinning plates. So I am never not thinking about my businesses or my kids or my husband or my cat or my dog <laughs> or my house. So it's something that definitely has attached itself to me and I just, you know, ride that wave. And you're fortunate because why I'm really excited to interview you is you are an inspiration to so many oh my because God, thank you. you're so welcome. You have earned it because a lot of people are are in the situation where they've got this family or they want this family. Mm -hmm. And in today's society, it's like how I pay for this family. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> how this family going to get fed? Yes, that is something that as I, I wouldn't say as a younger mom, I, I was 24 when I had my first, my oldest daughter, Brooke, um, that was definitely something that my husband and I worried about. It's like, well, how are we going to feed it? <laughs> Where is it going to go to daycare? But it, you know, honestly just figures itself out. That sounds wildly irresponsible. <laughs> but, it, you know, with developing these relationships between him and I and making a plan for our life, it kind of just falls into place. You start... Uh, accomplishing goals, you feed off of each other, you kind of parallel play with each other, like, well, you know, I'm going to do this, all right, cool, I'm going to do that, and then you guys just make it work. I mean, that's all I can really say. It sounds simple, but it's not. <laughs> it was really hard. <laughs> it is really hard, but you have to be strategic about it, yeah. and, and at a time where you were more stressed out than ever, you decided to become an entrepreneur, and I can't even call you, uh, you are a straight-up mompreneur, because when did you start your first business? I opened my first business in October of 2013. My youngest daughter was three months old, and it was difficult. I can't say that I would, would do that again, or that I would suggest that someone else do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you have two children right now, two wonderful daughters. Yes. One is 11 and one is nine. Yes. So you have been a mompreneur for 10 years. Yes, collectively. <laughs> and so and so, what's interesting about this is um, you start this business and you have these babies. And what inspired you? You said it was hard, but what made it less hard than not starting your own business? Uh, I had gone, I've always wanted to be a hairstylist, I think. Um, it was one of those things that I said I wanted to do, and it was a hobby as a teenager. And then I kind of like spun around and came back to it when I was You were the girl adult. who everybody came yes. to get their cornrows. I was on the stoop, braiding hair. <laughs> I, in Brooklyn, right? I, in Brooklyn, like literally <laughs> on the stoop outside. I lived on a two-lane street too, so it was a, a heavy commercial block, and you'd see me outside braiding hair like it was the most ghetto thing ever <laughs> no it's fabulous but I love it because you know that's a part of our culture so I'm glad I got to experience that but um the reason why I really be stepped into entrepreneurship is because in working for other people I just wasn't as fulfilled as I knew that I could be um and I also never really liked having a glass ceiling I always like my options open I always like knowing that if I want to go further, I can. And if I want to chill, I can. And the only way that you can do that is by becoming an entrepreneur. And as hard as it was, that mindset and that those amenities really pushed me to do that, especially at that time. It was it was very, very difficult to do it when I did. And what's important is you were the neighborhood hairstylist, yes. but you were not a licensed hairstylist. No. What were you doing? You did not become licensed until right before you had your first kid, right? Yes. And so what were you doing before then? You, because here's the thing. This is the thing. I think a lot of people think, well, I, it's too late for me. Mm -hmm. I've already gone down this path. You were, what were you doing before? So before you had your first child, what were you doing professionally before you became a licensed cosmetologist? I don't even think my profession like occurred to me. I was just working jobs. So I would work at this restaurant or that restaurant. Um, I worked at Bergdorf Goodman for like two years. Um, so I always wanted to have a higher end job, but it was never something that I would turn into a career. My uncle, Dallas, his name is Dallas Logan. He's a really uh, dope photographer in L.A., he started to train himself to be a photographer and he needed someone because he was training himself, you know, the budget wasn't there. He's doing this himself. Um, he's like, Hey, do you want to come do hair for my shoot? And I'm like, okay. And so as he started to progress and as he started getting better, he started booking models from agencies. And so now I'm doing Wilhelmina models. I'm doing Ford models and I'm just there because I'm, I curl nice. <laughs> Like, you know, no real skill that he that I had. I was just his niece and I knew how to curl some hair. And um, when he started to book major gigs, I couldn't go with him because I didn't have a license. And so that's what really made me say, OK, is this something that you want to do? And I really had to sit with myself and say, you know, despite all of the things that my family wanted me to do, the directions that they wanted me to take, is this something that you love enough that you you would pursue? And the answer was yes. So I went to cosmetology school and went through those grueling, I think it took me 10 months, <laughs> got my license, and just started to try to find my place in the hair industry in New York City. When we talk about entrepreneurship, one of the things that's really important to me is the reason we're doing this show. Mm -hmm. If you can't see it, you can't be it. Had yes. it not been for your uncle, would you be here right today with your two salons and your two Airbnbs and your hairline? He definitely was a big, he definitely was a catalyst 
But I will tell you, when I was a teenager, and it's so funny that you bring that up because I truly believe that I lived that. And my mom and my husband will tell you, always, they always say, oh, everything always works out for you. If I can envision something, I know that it's going to happen, whether I want it to or not. Somehow the universe just be like, all right, Kim, well, you're going to be a doctor. He's like, wait. <laughs> but um, when I was a teenager, I envisioned myself as one of those hairstylists with a salon on Fifth Avenue, super glamorous, and I just came in with my suitcase, and I'm like, oh, hey, everybody, and they're like, hi, Kim, and I'm like, all right, guys, I'll see you later, and I leave, and last year, or no, this earlier this year, I walked into to my salon with a suitcase and said hi to everybody and kind of just was like, all right, y'all, I'm gonna see y'all later, and went and jumped on a plane, so things re will really come to fruition for you if you can imagine it. You just have to believe that it's going to happen. And you have to work like you're about to die. <laughs> Girlfriends, <laughs> you don't realize. And we're going to talk about this yes. because the theme of this show is hard work, right? Like yes. we are just out here in these streets working so hard. But it feels good. I tell my mm -hmm. daughter personally mm -hmm. that it's not work. It's FERC. It's fun work. <laughs> yeah. Because there's work. <laughs> yeah. And this is not the exact definition yes, of that yes. because when you're working for yourself, you're winning. Yes. This is great. And so you are a manifester. And, yeah. and my mom always said to me growing up, luck equals opportunity plus preparation. Plus, yes. And mm -hmm. so you had these opportunities, but you also prepared, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. it, you manifested it, but you did the work. When, yes. you, when you seize the opportunity, did you ever think for a moment, maybe I shouldn't get this cosmetology degree. Maybe I should... Maybe I should just, you know, was it was it daunting for you at first to do all this? Did you wait a little bit before you finally just pulled the plug and paid the money and went to the grueling cosmetology school? I definitely waited. Um, my mom really wanted me to go to college. I was the first, maybe second generation. I think my uncle went to college. My mom went to college too, but they didn't, they didn't finish. Um, I didn't finish either. But that was something that she wanted me to do. She, she was like, listen, I know you want to do hair, and I know that, like, I see you moving towards that way. Please go to school and get your degree. And I was like, okay. And she's like, if you go, I'll pay for cosmetology school, right? Now, I go to college. I have an amazing time. I don't finish. I'm doing everything else but, but college. <laughs> but coming home, um, I didn't remember that she made that deal with me. And so when I decided that I wanted to go to cosmetology school because that came back full circle, my mom was the one that was like, well, I told you that if you went to college, I would pay for your cosmetology, you know, like, you know, for you to go to co through cosmetology school. And I said, did you? She said, yeah. So, you know, go sign up. And I was like, what? Like, so everything just kind of came full circle. It was so crazy. I remember I was sitting on my husband's bed when we were dating. <laughs> I had spent the night at his house and a commercial came on for Empire Beauty School, and I'm just like sitting at the edge of the bed. And it could, it's so one of those moments with the guy. You know how the guy comes, hey, you're watching TV right now, but you could be doing. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like, like I could be doing this. Every time I see that commercial, I die laughing because that's literally how it happened. I saw that commercial, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to cosmetology school. He's like, all right. <laughs> and I called, I went on the tour the next day, and everything just kind of like happened. This, it's the same way. It's, it had the same feel of when I opened my first salon. Like, that was a whirlwind. It just, one day we said salon, and a few weeks later, I'm sitting in my salon. So it's just, it, it, it's unbelievable, but it, it happens, and it's crazy, but I just love going for the ride. I really do. You go to cosmetology school. You graduate in 2009. 
and then you have your first baby. What what went through your mind when you found out you were pregnant? Tell me tell me what um, you were feeling at this point when because you and your husband weren't weren't weren't, weren't fully together. No, yet, we were. Point. We had only been together for four months for four years. So we were both very young. Um, you know, we weren't teenagers, but you know, we're still young. We're in New York. We're trying to. We're both trying to find our, uh, you know, lanes and our perspective fields and. Everything's new and exciting, and then it's like, oh, I don't feel good. It's like, oh, I wonder why I don't feel good. Then I went to spin class, and I couldn't finish the spin. I used to always go to spin class. Couldn't finish the spin class. And I was like, what is going on? And then I found out I'm pregnant. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not 17, so that's good. And he's a pretty, he's he seems like an awesome look, dude. I can't, I'm not going to get in trouble. <laughs> My mom is, my mom shouldn't be upset. Like, I'm 24. All right, cool. Uh, let me tell him and see what he thinks. He's like, he looked like he stuck a fork in the socket. <laughs> he was like, what? And I'm like, are you shocked? How are you shocked? We were both there. <laughs> so then I tell my mom, my mom jumps up. She starts screaming and yelling. I thought she was going to kill me. Like, she looked happy, but she was just, like, hysterically happy. And I was like, okay, is this good? Is this bad? She's like, no, oh my God, I'm going to have a grandbaby. So I was like, okay, well, you know, got mom. <laughs> and then so, you know, he starts to come into it. You know, I didn't fault him for not being ecstatic because, like I said, we were both young. It was not planned at all. And we both have lives that we envisioned. And I didn't not envision myself having children before 25. But I'm sure that he probably wanted to plan something that he should have just planned better. What was the life that you envisioned? Because you, and this is this is very key because you have a great life due to your efforts with entrepreneurship, yes. right? Mm-hmm. What was the life that you had envisioned prior to this? I think it was all fantastical. Uh, when I was 19, <laughs> I thought that I was a failure because I could see the trajectory of my life at that moment, and I knew I wasn't going to have a mansion and Rolls Royce and three kids and a husband by 25, and I was just so depressed. So it was like at that point because that's what I wanted. I wanted. And that's a, when you were just Bergdorfing. That's when I was. Yeah, I was, you like, were just I was gonna have a mansion cute, or a condo. But you weren't making any any boss moves. I wasn't moves. making any moves to get anything towards. <laughs> that. I wasn't doing any work. Just making yourself sad yeah. with the with the theory. With things that were so unrealistic, and that's when I really started to be like, okay, maybe you should start thinking about a realistic life, like things that you can achieve. What is it that you want to do? Maybe you should write some things down. Because <laughs> I was like, when I tell you I was really depressed, I was really depressed. I'm like, I don't have a Rolls Royce. I don't have any money to get a Rolls Royce. I don't have a savings account. <laughs> it was all of these things that my common sense was like, mm, that's not happening in six years, sis. You're still in college. <laughs> and then why would you want it to? Because you don't realize how young you are when you're young until you get older. You're like, damn, why do I waste all of that time fretting about things that didn't matter at that age when I should have just had, I should have just been having fun. So I um definitely learned a big lesson in writing things down and trying to, like charting out my life and seeing how I want to go. I still do it now. Um I do it less frequently, but I still have to do it. It's not something that ever that should ever stop for anyone because unless you are content with where you are, but if you know that you want to move forward, you know that you want to level up, you definitely should sit down and write those things out and start knocking out those goals and living a life that is conducive to, to achieving those goals. Okay. So 
when you're talking about this and you're looking at this fantastical idea of life you had at 19, you weren't working towards these goals at all. Mm-hmm. You started writing them down. You started writing down more realistic goals yes. and looking at them. I think that's what's interesting because a lot of us in our head, we think that if, if it's in our head, it's either not attainable mm-hmm. or unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But when you start writing things down and looking at them, it's kind of like getting on the scale. Yeah. You cannot avoid what's actually on that piece of paper. You have to kind of come to Jesus with yep. it. You have to face it. And I think, and this was up from no other place in my brain. I'm sure there's probably a book or something that says that you should do this, but I didn't get it from there. I literally opened the notebook and I wrote down who I felt I was. And I was very brutally honest with myself. I wrote down everything. If I mean, at that point, if I was a liar, I wrote down I was a liar. Like, you know, anything that described me in that moment, realistically, I wrote it down. The next page I wrote, who I wanted to be. What type of woman do you want to be? And this is real talk. It sounds cliche, sounds made up, definitely still have the book. Um, (laughs) And then after that, I wrote down how I felt at that point. How do I get from here to there? What things do you have to do that you know of? Because you only know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. From the standpoint that I have right then, what do I do to get from this woman to that woman? So if one of the things that I wrote down, for instance, was that I wanted to travel more. I didn't have a passport. One of the items on that third page was get a passport. (laughs) Like, you know, so even though it sounds, it seems simple, right? And like you said, you have it in your brain and you're like, oh, I'm going to do it. No, once you write it down, it now, especially for someone who's like me, I'm a writer. I don't write for a living, obviously, but if I needed to write something, it would be great because I love to write. (laughs) But I need to write things down in order to remember them. Some people can hear things and they'll remember them. Some people read things and they remember them. So I'm really big on learning, on, on retaining information, on finding ways to retain information the way that you're most comfortable because that only helps you. So I know that if I write something down, it's easy for me and not typing in on a laptop, not writing in my iPhone, I'm like pen to paper. I will remember it. And then I also have it to come back to to see what I need to do and what steps we're taking. And, you know, if somebody says, hey, you know, we're going to go, I don't know, uh, do X, Y, Z. Then my mindset is, how does this match with my goals? How does this align with my goals? Like if one of the things was being late, right? I don't want to be late anymore. I want to be a very punctual person. And if a friend comes to me and says, hey, we're going to go to this club tonight, and then we're going to go to an after hours later, I know I'm going to be out till 7 o'clock in the morning, but I have to be at work at 9. Sounds like I can't go because it doesn't align with my goals. It puts me outside of my goals, actually. So when you write those things down, now you start to live a life that will put you in the trajectory to accumulate and gain the life that you want. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that we're always perfect because since you no. were 30 minutes late to this. Yes, I was. <laughs> Listen, you know, now I show myself way more grace. I show up to a lot of things, more things on time than I used to. Getting back to the entrepreneurship specifically, mm-hmm. when you're looking at the fact that, okay, here you are, you mm-hmm. and your then boyfriend, now awesome hubby. Yes. Uh, <laughs> surprise baby. Surprise baby. New cosmetology license. Mm-hmm. When did you write down that you wanted to own 
your own salon and not just work because what people don't realize it's expensive renting out these booths Would, get, tell me what it was like before you but as a cosmetologist no matter how talented you are mm -hmm. y'all got fees so you have out. to pay oh it's like they come and they, they owe you a hairstylist well <laughs> it's like they, now it's to the point where other hairstylists are selling you stuff it's crazy but I never uh, rented a booth before I opened my salon I was always a commission worker or an assistant I hadn't worked in salons for a long time. You just skipped the whole salon. line. I skipped the whole experience because, baby, <laughs> one thing I find about salon owners and one thing that I strive not to be as a salon owner is someone who carries their ego with them. And, of course, I don't do that in life also, but especially in my salon space because I know what it feels like to have a salon work for someone who, who you feel like is playing against you. I've had salon owners like literally want to fight me. <laughs> as just another salon owner? No. Or as, as an a, independent? As an independent contractor, I'm working here and she's not getting as many clients as I'm getting, right? But for me, in my business mind, right? That's better for you. I'm thinking like Chinese restaurants. If everyone else is around me getting clients, maybe some of those clients are going to jump off over to me. Or maybe I need to up my game or and look at you. I would be coming to you and say, hey, sis, how are you getting nice clients? Or better yet, I'm working for you. I give you 50% of everything that I do. So every time somebody walks in this door for me, you have just made money without picking okay, up so, a comb. So, excuse, so <laughs> I want to talk about this. So layman's term. So when I said renting out a booth, mm -hmm. that's what I meant. So for those of us who don't fully know, mm -hmm. you may have been an independent contractor, but that doesn't mean your money is independent. Explain to us. So, so I. That's what I mean. Renting a booth. Okay. You didn't. So renting the booth means you rent the booth, but then you keep all the money. But you yes. were doing it. So I show up, and if I charge someone four hundred dollars for the weave, the salon owner gets two hundred, yes. and I get two hundred. Yes. And yes. I, and so that's what that's the thing, and that's the routine and the rut that a lot of really talented people get into. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to make that jump. When did you? realize, okay, if I'm ever going to actually make some money off of this or like keep my sanity and not go to jail fighting with these women. Because <laughs> you look, I have a feeling that on your list of things about you is you cannot put up with stuff. No, I don't. I don't go for a lot of things. I don't know if you're into it, but I'm a Taurus. I don't. I'm a Taurus. Oh, do you? Yes. See, this is perfect. I cannot. This, I cannot even. I don't do. I can't. I can't. My face, I try to control it. I cannot. Sometimes things just come out of my mouth. And I'd be like, oh, I you said that out loud. Nobody. I actually had a bolder moment. You know how sometimes God throws feather and be like, all right, here's this feather. Look at this is the sign you should go. And you don't listen to the feather, so he tosses a boulder and you get hit with the boulder. <laughs> Got hit with a boulder. So um, you know, I left one place that the place that I really got my bones, the place that I really learned what to do, what not to do. Um, I left from there because an unfortunate situation happened and we just couldn't you know, we couldn't come to terms with it. Um, I wound up going to a salon in Brooklyn, <laughs> which I said I would never do, especially since I used to work on Fifth Avenue and, you know, I had a certain type of clientele. This was before the Brooklyn glow up. This is before the Brooklyn glow up. This is like, every. this is the same year. This is all 2013. So March, I leave from this place um, and I start working in this place in Brooklyn. April, I'm out of there. <laughs> I go home. I start doing here in my apartment now. Um, I worked all the way up until April 27th. I'll never forget. My due date was May 7th. So the last client I took was April 27th. And um, I had had Claire. 
I was in the house. I referred all my clients who were still coming to me in Brooklyn because a lot of them actually did stay with me, which was amazing. They would come to my apartment. I had like a salon chair. I had a whole sink set up. Like you didn't have to lean your head forward. You you sat backward. Like I made sure that it was super comfortable. And um, after I had Claire, I was officially just not doing hair, right? Because I have this new baby in the house. I had directed all my clients to other stylists that I knew were comparable. And my friend Jazz calls, and she's, like, telling me about all the hair woes that she's having or, you know, just little things. She wasn't looking for me to feel bad for her and say, hey, come let me do your hair. But what she didn't know is I had postpartum depression. And so I'm talking to her, and I'm like, you know what? You're, like, doing hair. Just come get your hair done. She's like, no, you know, you just had the baby. And she's actually the one who got me started, got me to doing hair again. And once I did her hair, I was like, I think I can manage this. This is fun. And I get to talk to grown-ups, and I'm not watching your Gabba Gabba all day exactly. or looking at this baby who does nothing but sleep and vomit. But so that's good that you had this moment of like, okay, mm-hmm. I, okay I, I can do this again. Yeah. But then so, the word got out, and yes. so it got booked. And now I have, a waiting, I have people waiting in my living room to get their hair done. Um, it was so funny because I had to call one of my homegirls who used to work at the salon with me, um, in Manhattan. I was like, Hey, you know, can I pay you $50 to come to my house and wash hair? And she's like, what? I said, well, I had four clients today and, you know, I feel like things will move a lot smoother if somebody was just there washing hair. I could tell them to come earlier. We bang this out and, you know, we go. So she's like, all right, cool. (laughs) So I had an assistant in my house. In a one-bedroom apartment. It was insane. Hovain probably hated me for a little bit <laughs> because he would come home and he'd be tired and it's a bunch of cackling going on in the living room. <laughs> but um, my mom had, when I was going through all my, uh, I'm sorry I'm being so long with it. My um, mom had started looking for salon spaces when I was having issues with my first boss. And in 2012, She's like, oh, there's a salon. It's on Sterling Place. The guy is like, you know, really eager to to, um, to rent it out. It's, it's always been a salon. His mom owned the building. You know, she passed. He inherited the building. He really wants to keep it a salon. So we go check it out. It's not big. It's pretty much perfect. But I was just like, you know, not listening to the feather. And I was just like, I don't think I'm ready for this yet. I don't think people are going to follow me. And so... While all of this is going on in my apartment, and I have an assistant, and we got kids, we got all kinds of stuff going on. My mom calls me, and she said, guess who called me today? And I was like, who? She said, the, the landlord from the salon of Sterling Place, because he had wound up renting to someone else. Well, she left. So he calls my mom and said, you know, I'm about to put the salon back on, on Craigslist, but I wanted to call you first to see if anything had changed, and if you guys wanted to come take a look at it and see if it will work for you. So I'm like, all right, let's 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 go see what's going on. We go, we look at the space. I'm like, well, obviously there needs to be a gut renovation done in here. My mom's like, I got $3,000 for you. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, I got $3,000 for you. And so the rent was $1,000, which was insane. Insane, good or bad? Because we live in, that was great. Okay, because at this point, like, <laughs> Time is crazy. Yes. It's, <laughs> so $1,000 a month. $1,000 And just a from month. perspective for people, how much would um, – so perspective, you were probably giving away $1,000 a day almost to the people you would um, 
like the independent when you were an independent contractor because if you had four clients and you were mm-hmm. making well you know and let's say each client was bringing in like three hundred dollars mm-hmm. and then that's with six hundred dollars a day mm-hmm. just to them whereas mm-hmm. this rent was a thousand dollars a month but still it took the boulder it took the boulder and that's what's so important mm-hmm. we need to talk about this listen to the feathers sometimes mm-hmm. You almost missed your. If you hadn't had the mom, the incredible mom you yep. had, we wouldn't be here right here no, today. No, we wouldn't. You would still be. You probably been kicked out of that one bedroom apartment because you know you're not supposed to be doing hair. <laughs> well, they didn't really care about that apartment, girl. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it definitely you do have to listen to the boulder sometimes. But sometimes it's good to wait for the feather. I mean, it's good to listen to the feather. But sometimes it's good to wait for the boulder too. You kind of got to feel it out and see what happens because. I am truly grateful and blessed that everything happened the way that it did. And waiting for the boulder to come in between the feather and the boulder, there was so much learned and there was so much experience in that short period of time that it it prepared me for when the boulder came. And I'm like, ah, well, I know what to do. Ah, well, this, I can do this. Like, you know, it just gives you more wiggle room. So I'm not saying that you should, but if you feel like you should, I mean, go for it. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to kill you. It's definitely going to raise your capacity. So, okay, mm-hmm. so you go from you go from having to leave the salons mm-hmm. to being in your apartment mm-hmm. to ha- what? When did you? St- what, what was the what was the month of? Was it 2013? It was or- 2013. This is July now. July of 2013. Mm-hmm. And so and you start it, your own. What was it called? It's, it was called Beauty Mark. It was always called Beauty Mark. Beauty Mark. What made you choose that name? Um, because I have a lot of them. Aww. <laughs> I have a lot of beauty beauty marks marks and my daughters have beauty marks also. And, you know, I just wanted to pick something that was timeless, that was classic, that was elegant, something that would be of the ages. Like, you know, you will always hear beauty marks and say, ah, Kim. (laughs) So um, this is July. And this is what I mean between staying in between the feather and the boulder. If I hadn't worked in my apartment and seen how much money I was bringing in on my own without having to split it with someone, as you like pointed out, when he told me a thousand dollars of rent, out of my right, oh, that makes total sense because if you, that's what because remember out of context mm-hmm. we don't know because I was like, is that good or is that mm-hmm. bad? Because you're like, girl, that's good because I can I'll pull in a thousand dollars a day. day. Yes, <laughs> I'm making a thousand dollars a day in my and I don't have to leave my house. Like I literally just have to take a shower. And put on something that I didn't sleep in. <laughs> Do hair. I'm here for my children. I'm here for my husband. Well, at the time, my boyfriend. I'm, I can make dinner. I can do all of these things. I just, you know, map it around my schedule. Then I started traveling a little bit more because now we had the extra funds. Like, everything was just moving so smoothly. So you realize that $1,000 rent is nothing. No. Yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. usually my next question is, how long did it take for you to be profitable mm-hmm. in your salon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, it took a while because I did not know everything that I was supposed to know opening a salon. Oh, okay. So this is interesting. So yes. in your apartment, you make it $1,000 a day right. and that's just straight profit. Mm-hmm. But then we get this salon and this $1,000 a month rent isn't exactly what we it seems to be. salon and now I'm crying in the corner with the lights off because <laughs> now I have to pay electricity. I have to pay two rents, well, contribute to two rents, right? Because I still have my rent at home, still have bills at home. I still have all those same bills that I have at home at this salon. So now it's double. And I'm like, why didn't I just keep doing hair in my apartment? Also, on top of that, I did not have a lawyer look at my lease. I did not have an accountant or a bookkeeper. 
I did not have, uh, what else was I missing? So I wasn't charging taxes. And the IRS comes and they're like, hey, oh my God, congratulations. You opened a business. Um, Do you have our sales and use tax that you've been collecting? It's like, oh, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, our, our tax that you're supposed to be collecting and putting to the side. What tax? <laughs> so then I had to pay this huge tax bill. How much tax did you have to pay? I think pay? it was like $1,300. Oh my goodness. But in 2013, because I don't know what I'm doing, I'm literally just going, flying out of seat in my pants with this. I was charging $35 for Silk Press. The internet is going to explode when they hear this because I literally am one of the people who give the best Silk Press in Brooklyn. So at some point, yes, you could get a Silk Press from me for 35 bucks. And I did that because I was like, well, you know, at the salon, we charged 75 and I was only making half of that. So I'll keep this price right here and that'll encourage people to come in. It's comfortable. And also I'm scared to death to charge people what I'm worth. Right. So um, charging $35 soap press, not collecting the taxes on it, still have all these electricity, electricity, uh, water, supplies. Wi-Fi, supplies, all those things. And then here comes New York State. Like. Hey girl, what's up? And also insurance. Insurance. People don't tell you about this insurance. So I knew about insurance and I didn't have it because I was just like, it'll be all right. (laughs) My sis not gonna like mess with me. It's gonna be okay. I'll just make sure I cut everything off before I leave and I'm not gonna burn nobody. It's gonna be oh liability. What? Right. I don't even do relaxer like we're gonna be all right. Chemical burns here. All right, girl. Don't wash that step. Don't Don't fall in that crack. Listen, I done told you. (laughs) So, insurance was probably skipped. (laughs) But we have it now, (laughs) y'all. That's the thing. You start from somewhere. I have to laugh because you, like a Taurus, Mm -hmm. you're hard on yourself. Yes. I'm so hard on myself. And you felt so stupid, I'm sure. Yes. When the tax person comes, like, why didn't I charge while I was worried? What is going on? But it's the baby steps. You got got going, right? Yes. And so, so... I think that's very key because if you had given up that year, yes, if you had given up the year that maybe you were you in the red that year uh, or close yeah, ab- to absolutely red. Absolutely, I don't think red. I knew what being in the black was until about twenty fifteen. <laughs> and and the thing is, any business person who looks at just business from numbers, mm-hmm. every Uber, mm-hmm. every business is in the red. For a decade sometimes, time, right? Yes. And But when it's personal, when it's us and we're out in these streets and your mama's giving you the $3,000. Yes, you got to pay that back. Because <laughs> she wanted her money back, girl. Oh, it just feels like the sky is falling <laughs> yes. and you should just give up because why did you ever think that you could do anything? Yeah. And, you know, fortunately for me, I was younger and, you know, we have, when you're younger, you have like this, this, I don't know, this ball of energy was like, can't tell me anything. Who gonna check me? I'm gonna do whatever I want. And so I'm happy that that happened then because if it happened now, I'd be like, I don't think that's a smart idea at all. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you should do that. So it was the perfect time because I still was stupid enough. Here's the thing, the lesson of this all is whether you're young or old, if you wanna start a business, you just got to stick with it because each year you, you have learn. To, yeah. That's what my mom always says. She said, like, you cannot expect to know everything. Yeah. You're it, going to make some mistakes. Yeah. It is not a personal flaw mm-hmm. because this year you're coming up on your 10th anniversary um, yes. and you have a big thing to celebrate, right? Yeah. We banked 100K last year. 
after a pandemic and a whole quarantine. And when I saw those numbers, I was shocked. I was I had to like refresh the page. I was like, wait, what? That says wait. <laughs> How did we do that? But it was because so many people were coming out of doing just Zoom call hair. <laughs> They were needing the care that we take for our clients. They they needed the talks that we give to our clients. I have been able to build a salon that not only cares about hair care. When you come to Beauty Mark, you can find a babysitter. You'll find somebody to fill a position that you might have had open at your job. You like it. The culture of the salon is so crazy. Like I've. I did it, and I still don't believe it. I'm like, wow, did she just? You gotta go outside. What oh, is happening? Where? But that's what's great. <laughs> that's why you were able to profit, not gross, profit a hundred k. And out of curiosity, what was the gross? Um, what was what was the gross out of curiosity the to make the hundred k? Gross. Jeez. The gross had to be upwards of like one sixty. I think, yeah, it was upwards of 160. And that's a startling number to see when you're not used to seeing it or when you're not even prepared to see it. Like, you know, it happens so seamlessly and it happens so easily. And I say this and I definitely did not work last year. Well, that's what I want to talk (laughs) to everybody about. You started this, you were in there with the IRS knocking on your door all the time. You made this 100K of profit from this one salon. We haven't gotten to your other salon. We haven't gotten to your hair bundles. We haven't gotten to your Airbnbs. Uh, But but this is a great place to focus on this interview because it's something a lot of people want to do. I want to open my own salon. Mm -hmm. Um, You were able to accomplish this profit without even being there. No, I wasn't there. Because you hired a, a, a good team. I'm sure mm-hmm. the team has told you, I bet you we made this money because you weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> because you just left. When did you leave? Um, So I actually got asked to leave. Oh! <laughs> oh! But not for bad reasons. Not for bad reasons. <laughs> so um, I have a really good friend. Her name is Irobia. We went to high school together. And she was the other girl. Well, there was about five of us. My, my high school produced Five great hairstylists, low-key, yeah. So um, she was one of the other girls that was braiding hair in the lunchroom and, you know, doing all... But she used to do hair at home. Like, she used to smoke some flat twists. So um, she had clients and everything. I used to just do hair for fun. <laughs> so, um, you know, we crossed paths every now and again, and I would see her. She helped me with my baby shower randomly for Brooke because I just... I saw her on the street one day, and she was like, what's the matter, friend? I was like, girl. And she was like, what? So, you know, she jumps in, helps with that. Then I don't see her for a few months to a year. And then, like, we always just cross paths, right? So she comes and she's like, listen, I want to I wanna get my cosmetology license. So I was like, oh, well, here's what you need to do. Here's the person you need to call. You know, let them know. I sent you, blah, blah, blah. She, she goes, she does it. Normally, I don't tell people that because I'm like, oh, I want my cosmetology license. And you give them all the information and you see them next. I'm like, oh, did you go do it? And I'm like, no. So it's like, I'm not wasting my breath. But she went, she finished, she finished quicker than I did. <laughs> so um, now I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to open the salon. It's like, you know, I have the salon. She's like, oh, all right. She went to dry bar. Now, when people didn't want to come to get their hair done at the salon or they didn't want to come work at the salon, and this is not how I, I always was. I learned to be like this. I used to get offended. I was like, what? Why? Oh, my God. And then eventually it's just like, okay, cool. Because people are going to do what they're going to do. There's a thousand salons. There's a thousand opportunities. There's a thousand places and a thousand reasons why you well, go to these places. Well, also, sometimes they don't want to mess up the relationship. And because as too, a boss woman, 
you mm-hmm. know, like that that's that's complicated. But so. as a tourist, I'm putting that on me. I'm not putting that on you. I'm thinking about, oh, because, you know, that is Taking true. it personal. Yes. I'm taking it very <laughs> personal. Why would you think I would be the type of person? That, they might be, they might know something about themselves. Like, she might know that she's not going to show up to work on time ever. That might be a problem for me. Like, you know what I mean? So, long story long, eventually, I think year six, she comes and she's like, I'm ready. So, I was like, all right. Well, let's take it slow. See how it goes. So, she slowly incorporates herself into the salon. And I guess she saw all that I did <laughs> and all that I was doing because I've been in this salon by myself for the better of seven years. I had assistants that have come and gone, never really had other stylists that worked there. But when I did, I wasn't mature enough to be an employer. So it didn't work out. <laughs> um, whether it was because they did something and I just responded to it badly or I was just not being the most professional person that I could be at 31, 32 years old. Um, so when she came along and she saw all the tasks that I had to do, she saw all the hats that I was wearing, she saw all the place that I was spending, it got to a point where she was like, why don't you go home and I'll take your clients today? And I was like, okay. And that turned into, yeah, don't come back. <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, you need a break. You've been doing this for six and a half to seven years by yourself. I think it's time for you to go sit down and enjoy being a salon owner. And I was like, that's weird, but okay. So we ch- tried it out with the clients. The clients didn't have any issue, any major issues with the transition. You know there's always going to be a few. But for the most part, everybody liked her. They enjoyed her. They didn't mind her style and their hair. And so I just was at home. So that was November 20, 2019. And then we rolled into COVID. And so I've been at home for the last two years almost. <laughs> and now I'm just jumping back in to kind of do hair again because I miss it. And as much as I thought that I was going to just like, oh, I'm just going to be a housewife and I'm going to decorate and bake cookies and make brownies. And now I'm like, get me out of here. I want to put on real people clothes. Without the entrepreneurship, you would not have that option. No, I would you not. You would not have a friend working in your in your, in your your business saying, you know what, you need a break. Nope. No one tells that to the lovely person who we owe a debt to, mm-hmm. who does the service work to keep us going. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's extraordinarily unfair. Yeah. But it's something we need to talk about and provide options and inspiration for people who might like you yeah. not be comfortable, not feel like the glass ceiling mm-hmm. is something that pertains. Because it's one thing to say, you know, I feel this way. It's another thing to know, well, how do you do it? Because not everybody, it's funny, it's so funny that your mom is very much like my mom mm-hmm. because you, you, you can't get places by yourself. No. You either are fortunate to have supportive families, mm-hmm. you are fortunate to have not just mentors, but sponsors because mm-hmm. they're different, like your uncle. Yep. Like your mama could be supportive, but she right. couldn't get you a hookup. Right. Like she, I mean, she could look up some salons for you, right. but she wasn't going to get you any street cred. Right. You know, yeah. like in, in you being... <laughs> A Wilhelmina model and a video hairstylist is one of the reasons people want to come to you. Yeah. And you also learned a lot of fun tricks. I did. Uh, <laughs> and you also learned a, a, a juve about you. So so we've got we've got the issue of who are you surrounded by and how can you be held. But then another thing is just the education. So that's what we're trying to provide here. So would you suggest your 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 entrepreneurship path to other mothers? Because all of this happened when you had very small children. You went through it. It was not glamorous. No. And while it, it's 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 much more glamorous than it is now, you have a beautiful personal home, not the ones you're Airbnb in. Yes. <laughs> but you invested the capital that you're making mm-hmm. 
and you have you have income constantly coming in. My mom always says the best kind of business is the kind of business where there's constant influxes yes. of like steady mm-hmm. income, and you know the the patterns and the waves. You know. Holidays, yep. you better be prepared to have some cash flow. But you February, <laughs> hmm, it gets very quiet. <laughs> what just when? February, January, February. After the holidays, January, February is like, oh, you might want to have some money stashed. <laughs> but see, then April. But then April comes. That tax refund. Well, that refund. starts. That starts at about March. March, March. <laughs> Man, I noticed. <laughs> You learned the pattern. Because if you filed in January, because you got to think, you got to have, everybody has to have their papers by January 31st. If you file before then, you you know, 20 but see, days. But, then, yeah. but yeah, so Beyonce taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce is in our pockets every tax season without fail. She got a book. She got a CD. She got a t-shirt. She got an album. She got something that she wants us to buy every tax season. Oh. And that's how I picked up on that. And I was like, this girl is always in my, how do I always have money for these concerts? It's post-tax. I just got my taxes. Fascinating. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, so with that, with all of this knowledge that you've accrued, would you suggest um, owning a hair salon? Or in your case, salons, which then extend to other businesses. Would you suggest this to a mother as a good career option? I would suggest it to a mother who had a village, a strong village. Because it's no mistake that you born and raised in Brooklyn. Yes. Salon, successful in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But mother in Brooklyn. Mother in Brooklyn, cousins in Brooklyn, aunties in Brooklyn. My whole family is in Brooklyn, but my two-month-old was still in that bassinet in that salon <laughs> every day. <laughs> so you have to either and, and the reason why I say I would suggest a mother to open her own salons because if you have young children and you want and your children are well behaved and you can get them to come sit down nobody can tell you that you can't do that right um it's a way to market it it's a way to you know handle that situation but if the need occurs then you use it I personally don't like to have my kids in a salon with me just because they're children, right? So they, they want things and they want to talk to you. I like to pour all my attention into my client. I don't even talk on the phone when I'm with my clients. I don't eat. If I need to excuse myself for a few minutes, it's never going to be long. That's why you're making profit. And you also don't charge for parting. I don't, you don't charge, charge for, for detailing. Listen, you want to have another This is, this another is a whole episode. other conversation. <laughs> this is a whole this other, whole other conversation about what salon oh owners, they're trying to charge by the... My mouth is on the floor. Like, nobody washes <laughs> hair anymore. That's one you of the best show. services that we well, it's offer. It's also an important service because if you don't wash the hair, you cannot trust me to wash my own no. hair. I'm not getting my hair nearly You're as not. clean. It's not going to be a good silk press. No. And then I'm going to be blaming you because yep. my hair was nasty. Your not in a bad way. Of course I can wash my own hair. But the way you do it and it gets us all nice mm-hmm. and... Anywho, I digress. Yes, That's a whole other conversation. Thanks. Let's talk about what your entrepreneurship has done for your family. Mm-hmm. You, you're, I'm not presuming anything about your childhood, but mm-hmm. let us I, I am going to suggest that perhaps your children are going to have a mindset about business yes. that you did not have until much later in the game, yes. I, I am going to presume. Mm-hmm. It's it's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous. My, the oldest one is always trying to sell something. <laughs> the oldest one is always trying to sell something. And the younger one is always trying to pay somebody to do something for her with money that she got from somebody else but didn't work for. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but you can see the resourcefulness that comes out of them watching uh, I, I'll say what they remember of me working because they think I don't have a job. It's hilarious. They're like, oh, 
mommy just lays in bed all day. I'm like, actually, I'm, not, I'm answering client emails, but it looks like I'm not doing anything. So for a while, they just probably felt like I didn't have a job. Juxtapose that with your childhood. Right. My grandmother was always at work. She was always in school. My mom was always at work, always at school. So, you know, I got to see the work ethic or what seemed like strong work ethic, right? Because I wasn't sitting there with them. There were times I did sit with my grandmother at her job, but she had the old night shift and they used to sleep. <laughs> it was hilarious. But, um, you know, even still, they definitely have picked up on, because not, it's not just me. I know the show is, a, you know, this episode is about me. My husband's an entrepreneur too. We both eat what we kill. And so to see the both of us running and grinding and always on the phone and having to look at these things or create these things, I think that really imparted uh, the tone of entrepreneurship, resourcefulness, and just doing for yourself on them. And I'm, I am anticipating the result. <laughs> well, but think about, it's interesting when we think about the value mm -hmm. that's put on their time mm -hmm. for your children. When you think about, like your, your children already are coming, realizing, wait, I think, how much is my time worth? Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's not what we were taught no. growing up, you know, like, you <laughs> no. know, it, 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 and, and what a blessing. How does it make you feel to realize that you and your wonderful husband have created a, a, an aura around your household that thinks about what's best for the individual and, and thinks about things in terms of ownership and confidence? I think that, um, I, if I am blessed to have grandchildren one day, that they're going to be amazing because if I did what I did correctly and I believe that I did I took what my mom and my grandmother showed me and I went a little bit further and now I'm giving something to them and they're going that much further so my grandkids are going to be amazing like you know what I mean they are so self-aware and they're so confident and when they're not confident they have the confidence to say that they're not confident I'm going to cry but these children have had the opportunity and we fought for them to have the opportunity to see what I don't want to say grinds because Boss. I don't really feel like I'm I don't like to say grind I don't grind but they've had the opportunity to see what love and alignment looks like and they've also had to see the opportunity they also had the opportunity to see what conflict conflict resolution looks like They've had the opportunity to see us go from living in a god-awful small apartment in New York City to this house, this big house in Atlanta. My daughter asked me for her own room, what was that, 2020? She's like, Mommy, I want my own room. 2021, sis had her own room. So I, I hope and I pray that they remember all of these things and they pass them forward to their, their children, and I hope that that's what my bloodline is the, the, the product of my bloodline is that we have all of these little people going out and just being go-getters and really trusting in themselves, believing in themselves, and knowing that their future is in their hands and they can design their own life. So, yeah. I love that. Thank you so much no for being problem. here with me. Oh, my fellow Tori. Oh, so nice. it's so wonderful. Thank you. Really appreciate this. I think there's so many lessons learned here. Mm -hmm. Perseverance. Things take time. Yes. Um, that it's not built in a day. It might not work out the very first moment. You might, and also you're going to have ups and downs. You're yes. balling in your apartment, fell apart a little bit yeah. in the studio, but <laughs> you, you kept on trucking, and now yeah. here you are. Um, 
I feel like your timing was right. Mm -hmm. You did not immediately get your children their own rooms. Mm -hmm. That you waited until the time was right. You did not immediately start trying to look like new money. Yeah, no. (laughs) That's one thing that we are very, (laughs) and I always, I look at other people and I look at our peers and I'm like, oh, wow, they went here, they went there. Me and Hope will sit in the house and we'll watch TV. I'll drink my wine and you'll watch sports and we'll just be chilling. And, you know, when the time is right, and we step out, and it's amazing. But um, I think a lot of people, <laughs> and I always say this to my mom, they think that we make more money than we do. And I'm not saying that we're not successful, but anybody can do what we're doing. We both, we communicate very well. Like I said, we you know had aligning goals. We had aligning values. And I mean, where I might spend too much money, <laughs> He saves just as much. So it works out. <laughs> in general, for a mother who has the, her own skill, who, who might not be passionate about cosmetology, mm-hmm. who's passionate about her own type of thing, what is your advice to that person listening or watching us right now uh, who's who's desperately wanting to make what you're doing for your children, create a future where each child gets their own bedroom mm-hmm. and there's 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 stuff and there's hope and there's so much excitement mm-hmm. about jobs because when I was going up I wasn't excited about a job <laughs> you know you weren't excited to go work retail or whatever but you're excited to do the yeah. things you're doing it's exciting what's your advice who wants that for their kids and their families too uh so one thing I've learned was you have to know yourself and I believe you said that earlier I sit with myself frequently um and some people might call it meditation I don't call it meditation because when you're explaining it to somebody, it sounds kind of difficult. It's like, oh, sit, put your legs crossed and turn off your brain. And it's like, who does that? So <laughs> for me, it can be sitting on my back deck at night listening to the crickets. It can be me laying in the bed with my eyes closed, even though I'm supposed to be getting up for the day. But what I do is I don't try to quiet my mind. I try to look at my thoughts as if I'm not having them. And I try to dissect what's bothering me or what's stressing me and what I can do to fix those things. And just really honing in on any issues I'm having or any victories that I'm having. But when you do that, you come up with the most amazing plans. You come up with the most impossible, you know, the solutions for the most impossible things. Um, And you can also level up your business like that. Because one thing that I know for a fact, every time I've changed my salon or every time I change any policies that we had, anytime I change the paint on the wall, anytime I change the chairs, it's because I did something to me. And I grew up in a certain way or I changed myself in a certain way and that those things didn't serve me anymore. And so I changed them because it made me feel more comfortable. But it was because I was progressing in myself. And so my business progressed as well. So if you want to take your business to the next level, sit with yourself, talk to yourself, meditate, whatever you want to call it, write those things down, and always work on yourself. When you work on yourself, you're working on your business too. When you work on yourself, you're working on your relationship with your children. You're working on your relationship with your mom, your dad, your husband. All of, it, it never, you're not going to lose <laughs> by doing self-work. And even if everybody around you is not doing it and you see that that doesn't match up, they fall to the wayside. So always, always, always focus on your mental well-being and just getting to know yourself that much more. 
My mom always says, put your oxygen mask on first. Oh, my gosh. I love your mom because I say that, too. Mm -hmm. I heard that on a plane one time, and I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, because if I can't breathe, <laughs> nobody no, if, else can if breathe. If mom can't breathe, nobody's breathing. Everybody's just going down. Everybody's <laughs> crashing and burning. Kim, I love you. This is fantastic. Love Thank you, you for being Thank you. here. It was so nice oh, to be goodness. here with you. It's so nice to talk about these things. I know I'm long-winded, but... You're not long-winded. I'm not this is, These are important stories. Every <laughs> bit of detail connects you to a human, mm -hmm. and people see themselves in you. We don't get to share our stories. We Also, people see the successes. Yeah, yeah. People see you out in these streets, like, I got my house, and I got my thing. I have one more gym. Okay, I, I want to hear gym? this gym. And I Shine thought about this yesterday, because I thought, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, what could she possibly be getting ready to ask me? So one thing that came to my mind was that, you know, everybody is always like, and I see this in my nieces and my nephews. I see this in younger children, I mean, you know, younger kids that I know. They always want to just go straight to the top. It's like, no. If you think about it, like hair, right? If you give somebody highlights, they'll be cute. It's like, oh, you like your hair color? It's a highlight. It's nice. It's not until you put them low lights in <laughs> that everything changes. That's when it's multifaceted. That's when the tonal values blend together and it looks, it just has so much more depth. Stop looking at highlights. Look at lowlights. People mess up. People screw things up. I've screwed things up so many times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but you have to keep getting up, dusting yourself off, give yourself some grace and keep going. Add the lowlights. Oh my gosh. Kim, I, did you say you're a writer or something? Totally. I, I love it. <laughs> Low lights make the highlights pop. Yes. And it's the, it's, it's the message we all need because, mm -hmm. again, the hard times get us to the good times. But yep. this has been a highlight of my day Yay. talking to so you. It's been the same for me. Thank you so much, Nancy. Oh, what a joy.